You're listening to The Journey Podcast. If you feel your child may have a weight issue and you're feeling anxious and stressed about talking to them, this episode is for you. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Petra Brunbauer, and with decades of experience with sadness, pain, anxiety, and stress, I finally figured out how to leave all that behind. And this podcast shows you how to break free permanently so you can reclaim your sanity and find the self-esteem and energy to go after the life you desire. With real talk about mental health, holistic healing, and the tough journey of coming out the other end, this is The Journey Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. As a parent, it can be overwhelming to talk to your child about their health, especially if it concerns their weight. Bringing up weight loss or exercise with your kids might be causing you a lot of anxiety, and Dr. Noha Polak suggests a supportive and loving way to go about it. Building a healthy foundation with your kids can be fun and exciting. Learning about nutrition in a playful way and making movement part of your daily routine can take the stress out of addressing a weight issue later on. Shifting the focus from weight to healthy living gives children agency to actively partake in their health. It also gives support and encouragement to your child to avoid shaming them and causing hurt and resentment. Dr. Noha Polak is a board-certified pediatrician, operating a private practice in Union City and Bayonne, New Jersey since 1996. She received her bachelor's degree in biological sciences from Rutgers University. She later obtained her medical degree from Rutgers University in Newark, New Jersey, formerly known as UMDNJ, and completed her training in pediatrics at Albert Einstein College of Medicine in Bronx, New York. In 1999, she launched her private practice, Progressive Pediatrics, where she and her team care for children and their families. Dr. Polak specializes in helping teens and preteens with body image and weight issues. She believes that treating diseases like obesity, diabetes, and heart disease is both a physical and mental challenge. Helping her patients work on their mindset and habits is her way of making a difference in the world. Her passion is advocating for and empowering teens and preteens to help them love their bodies and take control of their health journey. Additionally, Dr. Polak teaches professionals and parents who encounter children in this age group to use the right words to communicate positive messages about health instead of focusing on weight. Dr. Polak lives to inspire young people around her. After becoming the first doctor in her family, five of her cousins followed in her footsteps and became medical professionals. She has two children who attended public school in New Jersey and are now adults working on their undergraduate and graduate degrees respectively. She's also an avid speaker on adolescent wellness, health, and empowerment, and can be contracted for speaking engagements. Without further ado, here is my interview with Dr. Noha Polak. Hi, Dr. Noha. It's so great to have you on the podcast. We have such an interesting topic for today, and I think especially moms will really appreciate this exploration of how to speak to their children in a way that is more health-focused than weight-focused. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. 
Yes, me too. So can you share a little bit about yourself and how you got started in this work or, or your personal story, a little bit about your background? Sure. So my name is Dr. Noha Polak. I'm a pediatrician. I started practicing in 1996 in New Jersey in the United States. And I've been doing pediatrics all these years nonstop. And I love pediatrics. I have noticed that a lot of kids were struggling with their weight for many years, but after the pandemic, things got so much worse and the kids were really struggling with their weight because of lack of movement and mental health issues and many other issues. So I started to kind of focus more about the conversation about your health versus your weight, about your body image, especially in children between the ages of 12 and 18, who are really fragile. So as much as I love seeing babies, and I still see lots of babies, I have been trying to change the conversation in our community about how children can be spoken to in a way that doesn't lead them in a poor self-esteem direction. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And I could imagine that this is possibly a very difficult topic for parents because they may be worried, but like you said, they may actually be afraid that by broaching the subject, they might be making things worse or they might not know how to start. So how can a parent tell if their child is struggling with their body image? So it's usually pretty easy. I have two children and I know when I take either one of them shopping, at least when they used to be teenagers, they hate the clothes that they're trying on and they leave the store upset. That's one way. Another way is to look at your child when they are around other people. Are they trying to hide their body? Are they uncomfortable in the pool? If your son doesn't want to take off his shirt, then he's uncomfortable with his body. If your daughter is unhappy when she's around her friends and only wears certain clothes that hide everything. So those are ways to tell. And you can, I'm sure most parents can tell when their children are unhappy. And sometimes we just have to be tuned in to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So that's really good advice that parents spend some time maybe observing their children and really tuning into what they might be feeling or thinking and how they're acting, maybe even around their friends or their relatives to kind of see if there's a difference, even from possibly some time ago when they were feeling comfortable to see if anything has changed. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. And how should parents go about addressing any weight issues with their child? There's obviously maybe a fear or hesitation that they might be going about it the wrong way, or they might not know how to actually start a conversation about that without offending or without causing more harm. So do you have any tips on how parents could start speaking to their children about that? Right. So number one is observe, observe, observe. If your child is struggling with many issues, don't just blurt out, you seem to be gaining weight, let's do something about it. If your child is struggling at school, help them with their school issues. If they're struggling with social issues, talk about that and open the conversation. Ask them how they feel about their body, if they like the way their body looks and if they like the way their body feels. So some kids don't mind so much being overweight, but they hate the idea that they cannot run as fast or as far as their friends. And some kids, it's all about the way things look. So don't assume it's only the look. It could also be the feel. So number one, ask permission. Is it okay to talk about this topic? 
as a physician, I also need to ask that permission. And I'm hoping all healthcare professionals also realize that you can't just blurt things out with teens and Mm preteens. You have to ask their permission that empowers them, that makes them much more likely to work with you rather than to reject your ideas. So if I'm a parent and I see that my child is struggling and I've addressed the other issues, I'd say something similar to, you seem to be unhappy when you look in the mirror. Do you want to talk about it? They may say no. And if they say no, that's okay. Because then they might come a week or a month later and then say yes to you. So ask the right question is, how do you feel? Do you like the way your body looks or feels? And please be sensitive as to when you ask the question. Make sure there's no one else around, that they're not embarrassed. Don't do it in a public setting if possible. Yeah, that makes sense because that could be very uncomfortable for the child as well, for sure. And I would imagine that parents obviously want to be sensitive about this topic and, you know, they'd be looking for ways to maybe get the conversation started. And how could they help their children on this health journey without being really obvious or overbearing about that? So that's a great question. I love that question. Before I answer it, I just want to help parents to change their own mindset because the way you address it actually has to do with your mindset as an adult. So number one, let's all discuss the idea that struggling with weight or being overweight is not a flaw or a weakness, right? There are hundreds and thousands of successful people in the world who struggle with their weight. So if you yourself don't see these people as flawed or weak, or that they don't have any willpower, you will address your child differently as well from a place of compassion. The other mindset shift I'm hoping professionals and parents have is that scales do not measure willpower. So scales measure a number. It does not matter. So if you feel like the scale is ruling your child's life or your life, it's time to get rid of that scale and look at health. What are you doing that's healthy or not healthy? Now I can answer your question better. Uh, So if I wanted to help my child to be healthier, not necessarily to lose weight, but just to be healthier, because that's every parent's goal, I think, I would do a few things. I would start my health journey and my family's health journey in the store where I'm buying things. I would look what I'm buying and make sure that at least 80% of it is nourishing. So it is what the child needs to grow and to develop. And no more than 20% of what is in my cart, my shopping cart, would be things that are there just for pleasure. So things such as cookies or chips, etc. No more than that. I wouldn't necessarily avoid all of those pleasure foods because then your child will seek them out in other people's homes or other places. Mm -hmm. But that's number one, I would look at what I'm buying and make sure that at least 80-85% of it is nourishing. And number two, I would include movement in my everyday routine. It doesn't have to be exercise. It just has to be some kind of movement. If your child likes to dance, I would schedule dance parties two or three times a week at home with the music on. If your child likes to walk, then I would take long walks with them. If your child doesn't like any of the above and all they want to do is sit and play video games, then it's time to change the video games that you're buying because there are many games that you can buy that include movement. Mm -hmm. So I would change that. And number three is sleep. I would really focus on sleep. 
Mm-hmm. So nutrition, movement, and sleep. If your child doesn't get at least eight to 10 hours a night of good restful sleep, they will not make good choices when they are hungry. And many studies have shown this. So as a parent, focus on those three things in your child's life. Mm-hmm. Wow, thank you so much for sharing those. Yeah, I was going to ask you what happens if children only like video games. So that makes really good sense that maybe you buy something that where they have to move around in the living room or they become more active with it, or even on their phone if they're playing something where they have to walk around. So that would be a great idea. And sleep. Yes, I think we can all relate to when we're tired and hungry, we reach for something that we probably shouldn't be eating. (laughs) So somewhere in there, there's still a teenager in all of us that experiences that when we're tired, I think. (laughs) Absolutely. And adults as well. I mean, many studies have shown if you're hungry and you're tired, you reach for more sugar. Mm -hmm. And if you're not so tired, you reach for more nutritious foods. So it really sleep makes a huge difference in your health journey. Yeah, absolutely. I also really like the fact that you mentioned nutrition because a lot of children actually will go shopping with their parents at one point or another. So that's a really good place to start that education, maybe not very overtly, but even just subtly by educating them about what should go in the cart and what shouldn't without, you know, being kind of prohibitive about it, but really making those choices and showing them what they should be picking up when they're going through the store. So And I mean, that could start at a very young age and just encouraging a lot of the nutritious foods and packaged foods, like, you know, a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables and things like that. So, yeah. Do you find that cooking with your children can also be helpful that you're kind of incorporating all of that right from the start from home that you're kind of bringing them into making this food and then enjoying this food together? Does that help at all? It's a great point that you're making. Any kind of food prep, even just having your child help you pick the food will make it more likely that they're going to try it. So if your child is too young to actually cook, then having them arrange a plate full of healthy vegetables and fruits in a nice way, that, that's already helping. Mm-hmm. So any way your child can help you prepare for a meal will make it more likely that they're going to eat more healthful foods. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And do you have any experience with, I think it would be mostly probably teenagers, circumventing all of this and just going to their friend's house because there is junk food available there or there's pizza available there? I remember doing that when I was younger too. Is there anything that parents can work with there? So to be honest, no. So let your child have the freedom that they deserve. Because if you've done your work at home to tell them about eating nutritious food most of the time and then food for pleasure only a part of the time, then they should make their own choices. I don't think that telling the other parent in the other house, don't give my child this or that is helpful because it makes it seem like your child has no control at all over their health or body. Mm -hmm. So your job's at home to teach and educate. And if there's junk food elsewhere, you cannot be the food police. Many parents (laughs) see themselves as the food police, and that really ruins their relationship with their child. And your relationship with your child is much more important than any other aspect of their life. So please focus on your relationship and give them some respect and freedom within reason, of course. 
Yeah. And I guess as they get older, that personal autonomy is really important for them to understand that you trust them and you give them that feeling that they can be trusted. So that goes to some of the bigger decisions later on as well. And that's really good to build up that connection with your child so that you know that you are close with them even when they're growing older and leaving the house. So yeah. Now I'm wondering a little bit because oftentimes when children are overweight or they are struggling with their body image, there are Things involved possibly at school or, I don't know, younger, maybe even kindergarten, such as bullying or people calling them names or making fun of them. So how should parents deal with situations like that? Wow, great question. So we do see that a lot in children. So again, you start with their mindset. You help them understand that no matter what happens, they are important and they are healthy. And you talk to them about the fact that people's opinions, no matter what they say to them, are only opinions and not facts. So from early on, just help your child understand, is this a fact or an opinion, right? The tree is green is a fact, right? Mm -hmm. The tree is ugly is an opinion, Mm -hmm. right? So if someone gives them an opinion, they don't have to take it as a fact. It's simply an opinion, number one. Number two, help your child understand that sometimes people are coming from their own place of pain, that it's not always about your child. Sometimes it's about where they're coming from, number two. And number three, it is okay to speak up for themselves. If someone comes up to your child, whether you're there or not, and says, you look chunky, It's okay for your child to say, but I feel healthy. So there you go. Hmm. It's also okay for you if you're at a family or a friend outing and someone looks at your child and blurts out, oh my God, they gained so much weight. What's going on? It's okay for you to say, my child is healthy and wonderful and I love them the way they are. If your child hears those words come out of your mouth, that will give them more self-confidence to say the same such things. Mm -hmm. So it's really all about helping them understand that people's opinions are not facts and that they can speak up for themselves and feel important, even if people are putting them down. Mm-hmm. And so would it be good to sort of demonstrate even setting some boundaries or the parents kind of showing the children to set some boundaries there and really have respect for your personal space, yourself, your body. And when those opinions come in to really hold that space and say, look, you know, these are things that you might be thinking your opinion, but this is my space and I feel good in that. So that's okay for parents to demonstrate that in a respectful way in front of their children then. Very much so. And parents are such role models. If parents never address someone else in that way, then the child will understand that that's also not an acceptable way to be addressed, right? If you're walking down the street and you see someone who's very heavy set with your child and you point them out and you say, oh my God, look at that, then already your child is understanding that you're judging, Mm -hmm. right? But if you don't do that, If you treat the person with respect, no matter what their shape or size is, then your child will also understand that they are deserving of respect and love, regardless of their shape or size. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it all starts at a very young age because you copy a lot of what your parents do and you kind of soak all of that up like a sponge. So at some point, all of that is going to come back out and how you perceive the things around you. So, yeah. But to be honest, before we go on, Petra, I just want to say that I don't want any parent to feel uncomfortable or 
unhappy with what they've done in the past because myself, both as a physician and as a parent, I've made so many mistakes in this realm of just having said the wrong thing or blurting out the wrong Mm -hmm. thing. And it's okay. It's even okay to say to your child, oh my God, I said something so terrible. I apologize for saying that. Please forgive me. So if your child sees that you yourself are evolving as a person, Mm -hmm. that you are okay with making mistakes and then saying, oh my goodness, I apologize, forgive me, then they will be okay even if you've made mistakes. So parents, please don't think that if you've made a mistake, that makes you a terrible parent. It does not. It makes you human just like me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's good for children to see the honesty in that, to really owning up to things and saying, hey, you know what, it's okay to make mistakes. We all learn somewhere, but we own up to it, we move forward from it, and we become better people through that. So yeah, absolutely. And do you also work with parents who might have children that have disabilities or mobility issues? And how does that factor into sort of a healthy weight if maybe they can't move or they can't take part like in PE class or things like that? Is there things we can do? Right. So I do take care of some of these children, but what often happens is children get injured Mm -hmm. and then they can't do many things. So we always try our best to focus on what they are capable of doing instead of what they cannot do. So if they cannot run or walk, whether it's permanent or temporary, then we do upper body things, right? You can still increase your heart rate by moving your arms You can increase your heart rate by using one arm even. So you just focus on what that child is capable of doing. And there are certain many, many gyms that actually cater to having someone with less abilities or different abilities. So that's what you focus on. You Mm -hmm. always focus on what is positive instead of what is negative in the situation. So many kids in my practice will be playing sports really actively and suddenly they have an injury where they can't run for three months and they get devastated. So we focus on increasing their core stability. We can focus on increasing their upper body strength and mobility while their lower body heals and then they can focus on that again. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's actually a really good thing, I think, to learn as children, because there will be adversities in life that come along at certain times. And it's good to understand that you can trust yourself, you can trust your strength, you can rely on yourself to find solutions and move through those things. So that's actually a really good thing to learn when you're younger, too, I I believe. And in your practice, when parents come to you and their children may have weight issues or parents may be concerned. Do you help them at all with their own maybe mental health issues that they might be going through? I mean, the parents may be experiencing some anxiety around all of this or a lot of stress and pressure that's coming up because they feel like they have to address this. So do you work on the parents side of that as well? help the parents to just see the situation from the outside. So a lot of parents will come in and their biggest fear is their child will have diabetes like Uncle Joe, right? (laughs) Or or that their child will never be able to walk, you know, like Uncle whatever. And so I help them to see the unlikeliness of that situation, number one. And number two, to deal with their own fears and anxieties and not to bring it onto the child. So the great majority of overweight children can be healthy 
they don't have to be unhealthy. So it's not always about looks. It is possible that someone has an extra 10 or 20 pounds, but can run super fast if mm-hmm. they're conditioned properly. So we focus again on the positives. What is your child capable of doing? What can we increase? What can we improve? And then we try to deal with the fears. In terms of mental health, that is such a huge topic. And to be honest with you, Petra, I often refer them to mental health professionals because I am not the expert in that field. And I don't think that I qualify as such. So therefore, I want them to get the help they need from a professional. And that happens, I would say, more often than not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it is important, I believe, as a parent that they get the support as well that they need so they can better show up for their children and support them on that journey, that health journey, you know, the well-being journey. And I mean, wouldn't it be great also if parents and children did that together? You know, if parents said, hey, let's go for walks together and then we kind of take this journey on together. So that could be good for both parties and both of their mental health to tackle that together. I mean, at a certain point, I guess children kind of become older and they don't want to do everything with their parents, but maybe if they're younger, that might be kind of a nice thing as well. So, yeah. Absolutely. I totally agree. Could you go over some of your own programs and services so that listeners can get an idea of how they could connect with you if they wanted to speak with you about their children or if they wanted to come see you and work with you, for example? So in terms of that, I think my focus now is to really amplify the message. Mm -hmm. So my goal is to be a professional keynote speaker on this topic of Mm -hmm. parenting children who struggle with weight. So if anyone needs a keynote speaker, a speaker for any events that you think parents are going to attend and that this message will resonate with those parents, I would really appreciate if you could find me on LinkedIn under my name. And I'm hoping that the link will be in the show notes. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. In terms of working with me, you know, privately, absolutely. My practice is in New Jersey and I do see patients there. So it's progressivepediatrics.com. I'd be happy to talk to you and work with your child. But my real goal now is to amplify this message to help parents and professionals, whether they're mental or physical health professionals, to talk to children correctly, to stop saying, let's lose weight together, but let's start saying, let's get healthier together. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And yes, we will be linking to all of Dr. Noha's offerings in the show notes so that you can connect with her. And we will put the links for the LinkedIn and the social media as well. And certainly if people are listening to this podcast and feel aligned that they would love to have you as a speaker, that would be amazing as well. And we'll have all the contact information in the show notes. And thank you so much for this work that you do, because I think it is so important as these younger generations come up that they have the support they need and that both the parents and the children have the support they need to have these healthy lives that also, you know, trickle down into mental health, physical health, and kind of affect everything in life. So thank you so much for this really important work that you're doing. And I totally love it. Absolutely. Well, this has been another incredible episode. And I really hope our listeners have enjoyed the journey into addressing your child's health as much as I have. It has been fantastic chatting with you on the podcast, Dr. Noha. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. Thank you and take care. Have a great day. 
Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen in. If you enjoy the Journey podcast, please subscribe, share on social media and leave us a review. And be sure to get your copy of our brand new ebook called Break Free. Sending you love and courage and see you next week. Until then, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and the Journey blog.